Uh, Lord, I love you, and I ask you to get our hearts ready to receive the truth of this amazing story of Cain and Abel. God, get us ready, please. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, also, those online on Facebook and on the app, thank you so much for being a part of this, and um, please get ready to comment and speak grace to us. So here's what the text says. Genesis 4. Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have obtained a male child with the help of the Lord. And again, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a cultivator of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord from the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought an offering from the firstborn of his flock and from their fat portions. And the Lord had regard or accepted for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard, no acceptance. So Cain became very angry, and his face was gloomy. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your face gloomy? If you do well, will your face not be cheerful? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door, and it's desirous for you, but you must master it. Cain talked to his brother Abel, and it happened that when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Then he said, what have you done? No reply. The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a wanderer and a drifter on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is too great to endure. Behold, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground, and I will be hidden from your face, and I will be a wanderer and a drifter on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. So the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him seven times as much. And the Lord placed a mark on Cain, so that no one finding him would kill him. Wow, what an amazing story. Stories of power, there's deep teaching here. What is God saying to us today? By the way, the name Cain, in Hebrew, Cain is his name, means to possess. So it's a bit of a play on words. His his mother Eve said, I have acquired or gained or I now possess a son. And his name is Cain, to possess. And then later, she gives birth to Abel in Hebrew, Chavel. His 
name is Havel in Hebrew, in English pronounced Abel. And his name means to breathe or breath. Abel breathed. God gave him life. Um, let's walk through some things that are, that are really, really important, okay? And I need you to help me as we move this thing from Genesis 1, or Genesis 4 rather, to our world right here today, right now. I'd say number one regarding the heart of Cain. This is interesting. And some of you might go, ah, this kind of sounds not so fair. We got a pothole here. Not fair. Not fair. You know, Cain was doing his best, you know, and offered the best of his little garden. But watch this. When Cain saw that God, Jehovah, would not accept his offering, he became angry and gloomy. In Hebrew, his face fell. Uh, we're talking some major pouting going on, all right? However, you've got to understand this. Cain knew that Jehovah sacrificed animals to clothe his parents, right? That's in chapter 3. Cain knew that. Cain saw what God did to make a wrong right. Did you hear me? Cain saw what God did to make a wrong right, and Cain ignored it. He ignored it. It's his brother Abel that paid attention to that. And when Abel brought his offering, he brought a lamb to be sacrificed. Cain ignored the example of God, and Abel didn't. He was alert to it. That's really interesting. Cain ignored Yahweh's counsel and directions on how to deal with his anger and the feeling of rejection. He said, what's going on here? Would, you know, if you do well, will you not be happy and, you're, and stop the pouting? But if you don't do well, he said, be careful because sin is lurking and you must master it. That is what Cain was unwilling to do. So God, there you go. Uh, Galen, uh, 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 Jay, this is the first counseling session in the Bible. There it is. There's the first counseling session. God said, hey, I'll tell you how to deal with the poutiness and what's going on with you. You've got to realize that sin is in the back, on the backside of this thing. And you need to learn to master it. And he rejected the counsel of God. So this, can you see we're getting a little deeper? It's getting deeper and it's getting deeper. God did give him a way out, did give him an answer, and he ignored it. He would not follow the example of Yahweh, nor listen to Yahweh's counsel. Cain, just like Eve, believed he could disregard the commands and example of God, which is exactly what the cunning serpent did to Eve. Hey, hey, psst, eat this. You're going to be just like God. It's going to be awesome. Eat it. Cain lied when asked where Abel was. God says, where's your brother? He goes, I don't know. I don't know. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Nothing. I don't know. Nothing. What's going on? Nothing. Cain refused to admit his responsibility for his relationship to his brother. Wow, that's big. Where's your brother? I don't know. Am I supposed to be my brother's babysitter? Is that why I'm here to babysit my brother, baby brother? Uh, the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> you are your brother's keeper. That's the point. There, there, there's something sacred about our relationships. Yeah, we are the keeper of each other. Uh, Cain refused to answer God's next question. 
and the silence is deafening. What have you done? Doesn't say a word. Two more. The place and type of Cain's sin is directly related to the place and type of Cain's judgment. You kill his brother, the ground soaked up the blood of his brother, and God says, okay. You'll be judged at the point of the ground. That was a good sneeze, Cora. Good job. <laughs> at, the, at the point of where he died, that's where the judgment starts. From now on, your judgment will be with the ground. Okay. And I think it's interesting because Paul writes in Romans 2 that the very sin issues that we protest against the most and we condemn in other people, I can't stand a liar. Boy, nothing worse than a liar. Or I can't stand those immoral people. Boy, immoral immorality is wicked. That makes me so mad. According to Paul in Romans 2, guess what? What does that reveal about us? It's the very thing we do. The very thing you condemn in someone else is the very thing you do. Cain's behavior is described in 1 John 3 as of the evil one. In fact, if you follow the whole record in the New Testament, the evil one refers to the cunning serpent. In other words, Cain went the way that Eve started and went the way of the serpent. For this is the message which you've heard from the beginning, that we are to love one another, not as Cain, who was from the evil one and murdered his brother. And for what reason did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil, but his brothers were righteous. All right, I've got a chart here for you. Just kind of lay things out so you can see it visually. Cain ignored God's example. Abel follows it. Uh, God did not accept Cain's offering. He did accept Abel's. Cain's described as of the evil one. And by way of contrast in 1 John, Cain goes in the way of hate, but Abel goes in the way of love. And his deeds were evil, his deeds were righteous, etc. Then it says in Hebrews 4.4, 4, really interesting comment about Abel. Though dead, he still speaks. Though dead, he still speaks. So you get this idea that Cain is like the founding father of humanism. That when you go to try to approach God, you're going to do it humanistically. And he goes in the way of hate. But Abel models the way of faith. So he's like the founding father of faith. All right, I'm going to give this guy, here's the summary. Okay, there's the summary of it all. My eight points. So, all right, I want to hear from you. And I want, you know, I'm, I'm excited about what you're going to share. And, and those online, please get ready to share. Um, the story of Cain and Abel. How do we pull that out of the Genesis 4 text into our world today and how we do our relationships? And what about those moments when all of a sudden something happens and boy, does it expose what's inside of us? Things that happen and bang, we, we realize. We realize that God is trying to accomplish something very deep inside of us. What do you guys think? The story of Cain and Abel and being a brother's keeper or a sister's keeper. What do you guys think? You're the body of Christ. How does this apply to us today? Jay. I have a couple of questions. Um, how, how did, um, this is probably uh, a study thing, but how, uh, one, where would Cain have gotten the animal to provide the sacrifice? 
We would think so. We, that would be kind of an assumed thing, sure. Because Adam and Eve were clothed. Yeah, he would have seen that. Yes. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lack of a lot of information, you know, and we do assume uh, quite a bit here. Did Adam and Eve talk about why they weren't in the garden anymore? Did they tell the story, the snake story to the boys? That's, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay, Linda, why would you say that? Well, from the moment they sinned, he had to kill an animal to cover them. Exactly. So the blood was shed, and in yes. order for a sacrifice to be worthy, blood had to be shed. That's why Jesus shed his blood. Yes, yes. Okay, so <clears throat> the idea here is that, you guys, any Star Wars fans here? Any? Thank you, we've got a few. Um, you know, do you know the idea of a prequel? What's the whole deal behind a prequel? What is that set up for the audience when there's a prequel? Gives you a deeper understanding of the story, the environment that you land to. You know, why was Darth Vader in a black mask? Why is he in a Yeah, yeah, okay, great. So what if the Old Testament is a prequel for the New Testament? Does it make sense? What if the New Testament is the main story, right? And the Old Testament is a prequel to that. In other words, the introduction of, a, of an animal sacrifice begins in Genesis 3 after the first sin. And it's the first example of a sacrifice of an animal, blood being shed. And that blood sacrifice being used to cover the sin of Adam and Eve. There's the prequel. That's, that's, in fact, in Latin, it's proto-evangelium, the first good news, hinted at with the fall. And that is teased out, that storyline, Patch, you know that you get storyline like it does, goes right through the Old Testament. And the Levitical law and Deuteronomy and all the law codes and animal sacrifice, getting something set up for the main story, the main point that you get in the New Testament. Janice? I have a question. Sure. Um, I understand that the, the sacrifice, it was the shedding of the blood that covered the sin um, in the temple, but they also, um, in Old Testament, talk about giving God the first of the, of the wow. sheaves of wheat, mm -hmm. and, you know, the showbread and stuff. So yes. I don't think it's only the shedding of blood, but it's the giving of your best. Yeah. Plus yeah. the shedding of blood. Yeah. What, I think it was yeah. two plus. Yeah, uh, that's good, Janice, because in a way, you, know, you can argue that he gave the best of his, the best tomatoes but from the tomato garden. Yeah. He did better too. 
But evidently, again, there's a lot of gaps, and we wish we had answers to that. But, but we have to conclude that God's judgment against him was not without basis. Something was wrong. Is that Kathy? Well, I think when he talks about him being so angry over God rejecting his heart, I mean, God knew what was in his heart when he offered it. It's like, God loved the cheerful giver. Your motivation is doing something. And Cain obviously did not have the right motivation, no matter what he gave. His heart was not in the right place. Okay, Kathy, you're really, really getting at something. Okay. Can we, can we get a little transparent here? You ready? Typically, why do we have anger issues? Why? What's going on when, when, when anger becomes a problem? What's the root of it? What's that? It's internal. It's internal, certainly. But what's the deeper issue when we have anger problems? Something's out of control. Something's out of control. Yeah. Remember, the only answer to chaos is law and order. <laughs> That's the only answer. And when we lack law and we lack order and we can't control a certain situation, one of the primal responses, sinful responses to that is anger. And we get mad. We get real mad. Yeah. So, so he's out of control on the inside. And it expresses with anger and pouting. Um, yes, Slump? Three main, three basic sins here. The offering, the murder, and the lie. Which illustrates perfectly this saying. One little sin or lie. One little sin will take you farther Keep you longer than you want to stay. Yes. Cost you more than you want to pay. Yeah. Absolutely, Sloan. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so good. Someone else. How do we pull this from Genesis 4 into our everyday lives today? Ed? I think it's interesting, too, that you know, some of the, even, even some of the things that we've said in the course of the conversation so far um, related to the offering. God punished Cain. God judged Cain. Was it that much? Or was it like two employees have done a job and one of them did it right, one of them's like, nah, you need to work on that. And he took the, yeah, you need to work on that and, and got really hacked off. Because maybe somewhere inside he knew he didn't do it right. He got caught in giving his less, less than. And and I know in myself, there have been plenty of times when, I've, when that's happened for me and I'm like, Justification, coming up with all the excuses, da 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 da, you know, and, and it spins up into being mad at the person who said I didn't do a good enough job. Ooh, man, that's good. Ed. And then, and then of that's course, good. the natural response to that is, who does that guy think he is? Some guy. Yeah. 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 That's right. He was not punished for the sacrifice. He was angry and jealous that his sacrifice was not. Jealousy. Wow. Wow, the green eyed monster. Jealousy is what drove him to commit sin. Yeah. 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 Sacrifice was just, he was mad that God liked Abel's Yeah. So you've got the garden, right? The Garden of Eden, right? And Adam and Eve sin, and they're banished outside the garden, right? So it goes from this, now it's over here. And then what does it say God does with Cain? He does what? He banishes him out of this place. Sloan gets a little farther out, right? 
Now it's out here. Isn't that something that that we've gone from a, a you know Eve's sin of I want to be like God and, and being deceived to now uh, jealousy and anger and pouting and and again jealousy and anger are the root of this thing and it keeps we're moving farther and farther away from the very heart of God. Absolutely, Andrea. So what does this reveal about God? Protection. Yeah, yeah. So Andrew's right. Even in a story, the first criminal act on earth, right? The first, it's murder, right? The, the first relationship destroying kind of thing. There's grace and there's mercy and it's beautiful. Philip. I've always been um, blown away by this God's like command to Cain in that uh, you know, sin crouches at the door and he holds Cain responsible to rule over it. And yet he knows that humanity's fallen. Yes. But he still gives the charge. Yes. To try to master it. That's just yeah. something I've wrestled with over a long time. It's like, yeah. well, why would he give that charge if he didn't, Yeah. you know, if he if we had the power to, it's like, no, but we still have the charge for it anyway. Why? That is so insightful. Why? Why would God make us responsible for a standard that we can't keep? Why? Remember the power story. This is a golden moment right now. This is key. key. Why would he do that? What's that? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's it. Even that's grace. We said, no, that's not fair. You're holding a standard I can't keep. God says, yes. So you'll break. And you'll break and you'll come running to me. Yeah. Bringing this home to us, everything Cain had done, at any point, he could have repented. Yes. He could have agreed with God. And yet, and this is what blows me away, when he's talking about the punishment is too great and he's going to be a fugitive and a wanderer and people are going to want to kill him. And, and he's just gotten through saying, and from your face I, I shall be hidden, which really reveals his heart toward, or his unheart toward God, that he would not, I mean, can you imagine not going, Lord, just kill me now if I'm not ever going to be able to be in the presence of your face again. Yeah, yeah. That he would rather, the grace, you know, and, and God did rank, I mean, God did let him live, but yes. my question is, why would he want to 
we're kind of content with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So, Edie, you're getting down to it that, that if we get the story of Cain and Abel, we're going to get that we really are a brother's keeper. We really are. We really are a sister's keeper. We are. And then the wisdom of paying attention to the example and ways of God. The heart of God. I was reminded of Matthew 7 when Jesus is talking about um, comparing the people that are going to be part of the kingdom. You know, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils? Have we not yes. done many wonderful works? Yes. And you couple that with, I believe, it's one of the songs, maybe it's probably, but uh, Scripture says the sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken contrite heart. You will not despise. And you look at, you look at Cain. One could look at that situation and say, look, Cain sacrificed. He gave his first fruits. Yep. But he didn't have the heart of God in mind when he did it. Yep. I think if we're looking at this from a 21st century standpoint, we tend to put our sacrifices, our conditional sacrifices, look what I'm giving to God. Look at the time I'm, look, look at me, look at me, instead of saying, God, what do you want? And, you know, in, in my day-to-day stuff at work, I have people that are in my, my circle who want to impress, but they're not getting what the customers need, what the customer needs. The customer says, I want a blue square. And they're like, no, 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 you need this, you need this. No, that's not what I asked for. And I yeah. sense that that's what's happening with Cain is he's being told, no, I gave you this. And guys like, that's not what I asked for. Mm. What I, you don't know my heart. And yeah. as he said, yeah. I'm giving you an opportunity to say, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. I, I didn't get that, and I want that. Yes. Unfortunately, we went down a different path. Yes, yes. That's so good. Janice? I think it, when, as we're going through this, it all kind of gels for me that it all comes back to pride. Because mm. Cain was too proud to ask forgiveness, make a change, yeah. change his attitude. Yeah. And pride was the original sin that cast Satan out of heaven. To be like God. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's so good. That's so good. Someone else, you guys have given great wisdom. Lee. <clears throat> Going back to your pothole analogy. <laughs> you know, you're riding along, you hit the pothole, and there's only one. And it knocks your corner out. You say, that's not fair. That's just not fair. Why does everybody miss it? And I'm the only one who hits it. Right. It could be, you know, Cain was doing what his dad did. Doing the ground. You know, Abel had sheep. What they do? They just eat grass. You know, you've got to kind of watch out for them. But Cain had to work hard. He had to yeah. work hard. And so he could have said, gosh, it's not fair. i got to do all this just to bring some grain and offer it to the Lord. And it's just not fair. And um, then, he's, then he pouts. But then there is a question that the Lord asked him um, in verse 7. If you do well, Will you not be accepted? There is a way for his offering to be accepted. It has to do with his heart. Yes. 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 Jeremiah 9, the heart is desperately wicked. Beyond knowing. In fact, in Hebrew, Lee, you could say, the heart of man is broken and you can't fix it. That's kind of what it says in Hebrew. It's, it's so broken, it's not fixable. Only God can do that. So, Andrew. 
and very skilled. A little put off that someone would correct him. And then he's corrected, and he's corrected by a, a woman. A woman. He's yep. a Jew, he's corrected by a woman. And then he, he changes and he teaches and he becomes a great teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proverbs says that he who receives, refuse to receive instruct, uh, correction is like a man with a stiff neck. A hard heart and a stiff neck. He's stubborn and won't receive correction. And the scripture says in Proverbs that he will eventually be broken by that. Yeah, that's good, Andrea. Very, very good. Um, let's look at this. Abel is described in Hebrews 11:4 this way. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he is attested to be righteous. God testifying about his gifts through faith. Though he is dead, he still speaks. So if Abel could speak today, what would he say? What would Abel, if he's, if he's dead but still speaks? And, and if the story cries through the centuries, what would Abel say to us? What would he say? What's that, ma'am? God sees, yes, someone else. What would he say if Abel were a Philip? I would say he had a loving relationship with the Lord. Yeah. That, um, he knew how to make an offering that was pleasing to the Lord. And the Lord yeah. blessed him in that. Yeah. And I'd also say he loved his family, even his brother, even yeah. in the end, yeah. by, by being with him. Yeah, you know, when you read 1 John, uh, and we walked through that at such a level, it was amazing. 1 John is all about relationships. Love one another. God is love. And if you have good Christian relationships, you love. You love. And you care for your brother, your sister. It's amazing what John does with love and what John does with relationships. And it is John that teaches us that Jesus Christ is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Remember the idea of a prequel? Okay, what if we got that idea and we settled up? Uh, remember, uh, it's, in, it's in Genesis chapter 3 where God announces regarding Eve's punishment that the serpent is going to try and hurt your seed. Women don't produce seed. Men produce seed. And yet God says... Eve, Satan is going to try to bruise the heel of your seed. That's a prophetic word of Jesus Christ is coming. And then God says, he will bruise his heel, but he will crush the head of the serpent. He will crush his head. This is the good news that takes place right in Genesis 3. And then it's hinted at in Genesis 4. Um, yes, Sonny. One of the things that Yes, yes. And that, that was, that's the ultimate. Yes, life is in God, not the earth. And, and so we a lot of times think, well, I'm doing what we're supposed to do. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But that doesn't mean that things aren't going to happen. 
Yeah. Bad things are going to happen in our mind are bad things. Yeah. But if we ultimately wind up, you know, with yeah. our relationship yeah. with God and spending eternity there, that's that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Christ Church, uh, Sonny and Justin, God has brought them into our family. They're amazing people. Here's what you don't know about them. They're both PhDs. Okay in agriculture and agronomy. We're talking about farming and growing stuff. So I know you guys are, are like, wow, I get that one. I get it. So they're amazing people, and I, I want you to, to know them. Um, Joe. I think would say it's faith that allows your works to Say that again. Faith will allow your works to You just quoted James 2. God's not being unfair. God's not being unfair at all. Mason. I think Cain would say. Or you mean Abel. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I would say that he would would say that. uh, uh, You got me all. He would would say that uh, checking whether you have a heart of pride or of humility at the beginning of a conflict. We are called to be our brother's keeper. Yeah. What would be different? Lee, go ahead. He would, along with that, he would, people would say, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Proverbs 3. Like, fear and heart. You have to be fear and heart. What? We'll see God. God revealed to you what way to your heart. Yeah, yeah. That is so good. So um, I, I, I want to drive this home. The biggest mistake we can make today is to miss the gospel. To miss the gospel. Jesus Christ is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world, that would take away the sin of Cain, the sin of Abel, the sin of me, the sin of you. All right. When Jesus begins his first uh, ministry, he preaches this five-second sermon. Now, after John was taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God, saying... The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. John later writes, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is the gospel that was prophesied in Genesis 3, prophesied in Genesis 4. All right. Now, the other thing that we cannot miss is what about our relationships? What about being a brother and sister's keeper? If we were our brother, a brother's keeper, our sister's keeper, what would be unique about our relationships? We could come at it positively or negatively. If we're going to be our brother's keeper, what are the positive ways we go about it? Or flip it. If we don't want to be a brother's keeper, why not? Why? What's, what's causing us to not be a brother's keeper? You can come at it from both sides. What would you say? Yes. I think being a brother's keeper means being able to speak truth into somebody's life. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be one brother or 
the right thing, sometimes maybe we don't see things clearly, or somebody says to us, you need to be accountable in this area, yeah. Then, yeah. and they will help you do that. Yes, yes. And that, a lot of times, will help us from hitting too many potholes. Yeah, that is so good. By the way, what's the one thing that helps you most likely receive correction from somebody? What's that? Or, or the belief that you are loved. Yeah. If I believe someone truly loves me, genuinely, and they're willing to correct me, or they correct me, then I'm willing to receive it. But if they don't, then I've got a problem. <laughs> i got a little chip on my shoulder when that happens. So, yeah. How about this? Jealousy, pride, anger, pouting. You ready? Destroy relationships. Jealousy, anger, pouting, pride, all that stuff destroys relationships and we are not willing to be our brother's keeper at that point. Yeah, so this is so good. Guys, yes, Linda. It's Hebrews 11.4. Yep, Hebrews 11.4, yep. You guys, this has been so good. Thank you, thank you. Let's do a gut check. Are you born again? Is there, or is there a little bit of Cain in you? <laughs> Has there been Cain inside of you and that you think, you think, you know what? I'm going to, uh, Philip, I'm going to try to make God like me or try to do what it takes to impress him or something. Try to keep the rules. Um, if, if you do, you're going to be like Cain. You can't. We have to come to the place where we break and say that we have nothing become empty-handed to the Lord and we have to turn to the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That's where this thing goes, right? That's where it goes. Um, you all have answered so well and I'm grateful. As Stephen, anybody online? Okay. Um, I want to ask God's favor in prayer and, uh, and we're going to get our hearts ready to worship. Lord, I love you and I thank you. And I thank you for this story that uh, calls us to, to pay attention to our relationships, to love and to care for each other. And, and I, I beg your blessing right now. Lord, we are absolutely broken and empty people. And we need Jesus, the lamb. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he comes to bring life in that abundantly. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your steadfast love. Thank you so much. And we get to sing songs to worship you. Lord, I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.